Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And just like that, emergency podcast, kind of, debut podcast, more than anything, the Dodgers beat is back. This is the inaugural episode of the Bleed Los Podcast. It's your boys, Alonso y Juan, with the voice in the sky, Roger. Juan, how are you feeling today? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, every day I wake up and uh, the Dodgers are World Series champions. I haven't been able to say that in 32 years. So I it, I feel like it means more to me now that I'm older as opposed to the last time that I went, the Dodgers won that I was a kid. But uh, I'm feeling good and uh, I'm ready for baseball to start, man. It's a trip because today, this day, the reason that it's an emergency podcast is uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers have signed one Trevor Bauer to a uh, a three-year deal. I'm calling it a two-year deal because he's, there's no way that he plays that third year under that deal. But uh, the three-year, $102 million contract uh, to play in Los Angeles. Uh, we had talked offline a bunch about where Bauer would land. I had said he was going to be a Met. Roger had said he was going to be a Met. I already know that he's going to change that story, so whatever. I just want to get it on the record. <laughs> I, and I know that you also had thought that he wasn't going to be a Dodger either. But now that yeah. he is a Dodger, we have three Cy Young winners in that rotation at the moment. It, legit depth, by the way, too. Like, not just depth, like just names, but legit depth. And that's before we even get to the Dustin Mays and the Tony Gonsolins of the world. You have Julio Diaz in that rotation as, as, a, as a starter. But w- with all that said, it's a lot of money. The Dodgers went over the threshold. There's been a lot of talk this offseason about the threshold. The Dodgers also have not done any movement there at third base yet. I'm kind of curious to hear your take on, on you know, as, as we sit back and kind of absorb it, how do you feel about that acquisition? You know, I know, look, in fairness, we've already talked about this. So uh, you and I, but my feelings haven't changed. I'm still like, I'm still iffy on the guy, you know, after I actually looked at his numbers, you know, the guy has really only pitched two good. He only has two good seasons. So, yeah, I understand that it's a complete overpay. That being said, if he ends up pitching like he pitched last year, then hell yeah. I mean, look, the other thing, in fairness, it's really hard for me to root that for that guy, considering I know so much about him behind the scenes, you know, his comments, his political comments and it. It's just we're living in a different world now where it's really hard for me to ignore someone's personal beliefs when they're on the mound. Like if I know somebody, I'm not and I'm not saying this about Trevor Bauer, but I'm just saying this in general. If I know a guy's a wife beater, you know, it's hard for me to root for a guy who's a wife beater. Um, That being said, you can I'll root for the team. And if his success is good for the team, then that's great. In terms of me being excited about this signing, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not. And, you know, I was having this conversation earlier with a friend of mine where he's like, for that amount of money that you guys are paying him, he's got to be your number one, right? And here's my thing. I don't think he's our number one. I think Walker Bueller is a better pitcher than he is. And, you know, Kershaw's done it longer. Kershaw will probably, you know, be either be one or two. So we're paying over $40 million for a guy to be our number three. But that being said, that's a good problem to have if that guy is our third best pitcher. And something that I, I'd mentioned to, to someone a little while ago, you guys know about this. I guess I'll say it on here. 
uh, a source had texted me uh, this morning that uh, the, he was 100% sure that Bauer was going to be a Dodger just because the way that everything had lined up because of Luba. And that's coming from another source, uh, another agent, I guess I can say that. And um, and I agree with that. I, I think they're in a, they're, an embarrassment of riches is, is a thing with the Dodgers, right? And the, the way that everything kind of happened to this point also is, is for some old school folks, I'm kind of old school. It's, it might rub them the wrong way too. Cause I, I was joking with Roger this morning as I was a pickup uh, for my son that uh, I think that Bauer is trolling everyone and psych, he was trolling everyone and now he's a Dodger. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to see though, because you have three former Cy Young guys, right? You have Walker Beeler. I agree that I don't think Trevor's going to be your number one guy. I agree that he won't be your number two guy. It's possible he may not even be your number three starter. And that's insane that you're going to pay 40, you know, $85 million essentially for a four of, you know, your fourth guy. But again, that's a good problem to have because from there it's like, so who's the fifth guy? Naturally, it seems like it's, it's Urias. And then from there, if you really wanted to have a sixth starter, you could have Dustin May. You could have Tony Gonsolin, assuming that Tony Gonsolin is not in the bullpen. I, I personally think that Tony's going to end up in the bullpen anyway. But be that as it may, they have legitimate depth. And the insane thing about this is all everyone was talking about the show pods. In our group text, we talked about the show pods in one, the show pods in two after all these acquisitions. And don't get me wrong, the, the Padres are exponentially better than they were one year ago, and they were already good. You add you Darvish in a trade. You didn't even have to, you know, fork up a bunch of money, but you you acquire him via trade. You know, they have Clevenger, they have Lamette. You know, they, they have they have a legit rotation, right? Granted, Clev isn't going to pitch this year, but that's still a deep team. And then they go out and they make the veteran moves, kind of like how the Dodgers did a couple of years ago to get the Chase Utleys of the world. They got Austin Nola. So they're they're making moves that are the right moves, right? However, Finessman. Andrew Friedman, the GOAT, everyone has to bow down to him, bodies the entire NL West with one transaction, with with not just with one. And then he puts everyone else on notice like, hey, we're trying to repeat. So that's the other you know component to this is even if Trevor Power, Trevor Bauer is, we'll say, we'll say 2019 Trevor Bauer, which is still a pretty good Trevor Bauer, mixed in with like David Price, the way that he's throwing right now. He looks great. You have Kershaw, who, who easily came off one of the better seasons he's had in the last three years, went for the most part injury-free. And then Walker Buehler is coming into his form. And then you have the legit depth of Urias and Dustin May, who are still young kids, but they're legit major league pitchers. I'll take it. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of Trevor Bauer. I respect you know his stuff. I respect you know his, his role, et cetera. But I'll take it. I mean, I'll gladly take it. If it's going to position us that much closer to a repeat, I'll gladly take it. Uh, Roger, I'm curious to hear your take on it because, again, we had all agreed and come into you know agreement that he was not going to be a Dodger, and you were asking for a point earlier in our group text, so I give you the floor. I'm going through the messages right now trying to find that, that text where I said uh, Bauer was going to be a Dodger. <laughs> Hashtag but, uh, fake news. But, yeah, I mean, I – I did start feeling he was probably going to the Mets. Um, yesterday, as we were talking about it, 
kind of felt like he was going to take the money, you know, maybe longer years, something. It was going to, it was going to take him down to, to New York. Um, but as I thought about it, I thought, and I, I mentioned this to you guys, I mean, if there was a reason he'd come to LA, you know, it'd probably be wants to be at home, win a championship with his home team. And maybe the analytics factor, you know, Dodgers are heavy into analytics, the pitching, how they mix everything in, you know, that could have been one of the, one of the things that tip tip the scales in, um, you know, in the Dodgers way. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to have him. I know he rubs people the wrong way. I know he's, he's kind of that, you know, he's, he's a brand, you know, he's trying to become a brand and, you know, it's going to be all what, what he does on the field. That's what's going to be the most important thing. But I mean, I think, you know, he's an interesting cat and it's going to be interesting to have him in LA and see what he does. You know, if he puts up numbers like last year, you know, I think Dodgers are on their way to a repeat. He's consistent. I will say that about him. He's consistent, even though he, everyone has a year, right? Everyone has a year where they're garbage, but he's consistent at, at what he's at. I, I agree with some of the folks that are like, oh, well, his, you know, his, his war is six and Marcelo Zuna's at five and Charlie Morton's at three and a half. I get that. But at the same time, you know, Trevor Bauer's a Cy Young winning pitcher. So you don't just win a Cy Young by fluke. That's just not, that's not how it works. So it's one of those things where, where I think, you know, the, the Dodgers, I don't think the Dodgers are a super team yet. I know a lot of people are saying that um, on, on the intro web. Um, but setting aside all the political BS and all that jazz with, with Trevor and also, you know, the, the additive of the brand, the dude's consistent. And as long as he doesn't come out and just kind of, you know, because obviously everyone knows who's, who runs that clubhouse. You know, obviously you have your JTs of the world, but that's a question mark. But, you know, people are going to look to Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw, excuse me, AJ Pollock. You know, your, your vets, every, everyone, Jock Peterson in his goodbye letter today talks about his vet. Everyone has their vet that they, they came up with and everyone knows who runs the show in the clubhouse. So I don't think I'm not necessarily worried about the, the clubhouse dynamic per se, because if, if there's one thing we also know about Andrew Friedman, they, that office does their due diligence on character. They made it very clear when it came to Mookie, when they, when they were willing to invest that level of money into Mookie that they did their due diligence and then some. So I'm not worried about that part. The only thing that I'm worried about is uh, a comfort level, if you will. Um, You know, because some teams, once they have like the names on the roster, they get comfortable. Granted, you still have to go out and play the game and we haven't even played a game yet. And here we are. So I, I, it's going to, it's going to be a fun season. uh, Because in, in the crazy thing is, is it sounds like the Dodgers are still not done. So that's, that's kind of the preposterous thing. And, and kind of going into that, I'm kind of curious to hear Juan's take on what the rotation might look like going into next year. Because we just, we, you and I just threw out two different scenarios. Reality is there's more than two that they could really go with if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I think you're probably, you're going to see Kershaw opening day. Then you're going to go Bueller. Then you're going to go uh, Bauer. Then Price. And then Julio. Uh, you know, the, the thing about this is, and, and you might be able to bump up Bauer. I mean, the fact that now you have depth, you you might be able to go ahead and give guys an extra day. 
uh, you might be able to skip him in the rotation. I mean, the one thing about Walker Bueller that kind of is baffling to me is that, you know, in spring training is not his thing. He uses the regular season as his spring training. So you know, the last couple of years, we've seen that Walker Bueller doesn't start off as we see him in the playoffs. He's a different pitcher in the beginning. We had those conversations. What's wrong with Walker Bueller? What's wrong with Walker Bueller? So, you know, if Trevor Bauer can pick up the slack and, you know, and pitch well straight out of the gate, I think that'll, that'll help. Um, I am curious to see if they do keep these guys or, I mean, you're already hearing rumblings that David Price may be traded. Now that's going to be really interesting because I can't wait to hear Roger come in on this because if David Price end up ends up getting traded, then I think maybe Roger might be right in the sense, I don't think this guy ever wanted to pitch in LA. I get it that he skipped last season for health reasons, uh, but I do think with Roger, I found it a little odd that publicly, I, I mean, it, I still don't think he's publicly congratulated the team on winning the World Series. Am I, am I right, Roger? Uh, I never saw nothing. I could have missed it, but I, I never saw any of his tweets like directly after it saying anything about them winning. I mean, we can uh, we'll get into this later on, on in the show, but I, I could see then trading David Price and, uh, you know, to get some, some a need if something doesn't happen. But I do think one of the things they are going to need to consider is if Julio is going to be our number five and Gonsolin and May are going into the bullpen, is, is that the best is that the best we can do in terms of is Dustin May going to be able to develop a third pitch pitching out of the bullpen? Uh, do we send Dustin May down to the minors during the season because we have this pitching depth so he can develop a third pitch on um, is Dustin May going to be a trade chip? I mean, it's, it, it's good problems to have. Again, you, we talked about that. I mentioned this before. This does feel like it's the end of a chapter. It does seem that that old Dodger team, that old group that was together for eight years and they won the championship, that chapter has ended. And now we're retooling. We're going into a new phase of Dodger baseball. Um, I was surprised by the signing. Uh, I think it is a huge overpay. But I think this is Andrew Friedman tried doing this with Bryce Harper. I, I think he likes overpaying for a short amount of time. In two years, that money comes off the books. I think in two years, you only have Mookie Betts on the books. So they're going to have some more, you know, financial, uh, you know, flexibility in a couple of years. And it's scary because like Alonso just said, Andrew Friedman stayed quiet. We didn't hear anything. That's one thing that I love about this front office. There weren't any leaks. So then they just come out there and boom, just knock you out there. And uh, yeah, I would love to bring on Padre fan and, and talk to them and see how they feel. You know, maybe they might have to take down their off season uh, banner that they have hanging, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if they choose to hang on to that depth because again, Kershaw is a question mark. You never know when that back is going to act up. You don't know what you're going to get from David price. So Maybe having this much pitching depth is something that we need to hold on to. I, I don't think they're going to move on from David Price. I think it would, not only would it be difficult to move that deal because um, he's 35, but uh, 
I think that they're okay with the depth because you're coming into a season with a, a healthy David Price. Everything that we've seen with David, you know, from the time he was traded to now, it, you know, he started throwing from, you know, the mound, doing all that stuff after the wrist problem. It's looked great. And I said, obviously, we weren't doing this before. I'll, I'll say it on the record. I said it before. I said it to a bunch of people. To me, the steal of that trade was going to be David Price. Granted, no one expected a pandemic. <laughs> no one expected any of that stuff. So it could have been two really solid years of David Price. If we can get one solid year out of David Price, it gives the opportunity for Gonsolin and for Dustin May to work on what they need to work on. I personally think that Gonsolin's going to end up coming out of the bullpen, period, just because he needs to work on – he just needs, he has stuff to work on. Not to say that it's it's a bad thing, but it's that on-the-job on training that uh you know that you got to sort through, right? Dustin May for sure needs to develop another pitch, but even at that, the stuff that he has is beyond electric. So I don't think they're necessarily worried about that. They're just taking it slow. It's, you know, kind of like how they were with Julio, the, the kid gloves. Yeah. And, uh, and so having, you know, th- this depth of three Cy Young winners in, you know, in your rotation and then a Walker Beeler, you go Julio Diaz. What, I mean, what, what, what more do you want? And, and even at that, the insane part of that is, is it's super possible that David Price in this current rotation could be the fifth guy. Urias could be the fifth guy. They could move, you know, they have moving pieces where if a Clayton Kershaw has to, you know, skip a start, they can spot start Dustin May. They could spot start Tony Gonsolin. You know, they, they have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to that. And from what I have heard, they're not done. They, they apparently are wanting another relief arm. That's not a bad, you know, a bad thing to, to seek out as well. In a perfect world, I would like them to go after Josh Hader. If they went after Josh Hader, they have the prospects to make that deal happen. And now the Brewers aren't asking for a bananas return. They're still asking for an overwhelming return, but not a bananas return. So if you could package something, you know, with, with a, a top tier prospect and some other arms, you know, that are in the system, do it, you know, cause I mean, obviously they're in win now mode again, you know, they're, they're showing everyone we're trying to repeat. So why not go after arguably the best left-handed reliever in the game to just tell everyone, yo, we are not here to play games. The only games we're going to play are the ones that we're going to win. And we're just going to smoke you from top to bottom. Cause, and cause the other thing we have to remember, they still technically have to replace PD, PD bias. Cause Tammy, uh, Tommy Colleen is, is out for the year. Right. So there's still a hole there that they have to make work. And the pitching is just going to be preposterous out of this world. And it's crazy because the Dodgers have been able to, to essentially fix some log jams. But now they have a log jam at least for a year at pitching in the starting the starting rules. And that's not a I mean, that's a good problem to have. You know, you can't complain about that. Hey, let me ask you this when uh, talking about replacing PD, do you think Santana is going to be a candidate? Because obviously, I think now Santana's road to the starting rotation is blocked. So I think now the only way you're going to have Santana is to use him in the bullpen. Could he become a, a bullpen weapon? Um, I think he could. You know, I think, I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's, that's mentally like I'm a starter and only a starter. Um, you know, there's always guys that are like, hey, I've always been good enough to be a starter, but I'm comfortable coming out of the pen. And then there's guys that are like, nope, I'm only a starter. And I'm, nope, I'm only a reliever. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. 
Dennis doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Um, Dennis actually strikes me as the kind of candidate that they could use for spot starts if a Kershaw gets hurt. The 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 I don't I, and I don't to be honest he he also still has some work to do. You know he's got electric stuff, but he just has to work on control. And he's still young enough where they can still work on that stuff. He's only twenty four. Um, you know, similar to Dustin May, you know they they have things that they can work on to be able to, to refine the stuff, right. To get it to, to where it's, it's electric and all that jazz kind of like that they have with Dustin. And sometimes it's even subtle stuff like with Dustin, literally they moved him from one like half side of the, of the rubber to the other. And it just changed his delivery completely. So sometimes it's just subtle stuff like that. And, and Dennis strikes me as the kind of guy that doesn't have an issue with that. If they did have an issue with that, then obviously they, they wouldn't be swirling around his name in, in any way. The name I'm interested about that sort of scenario is Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray, you know, he's the 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 upper echelon uh, prospect, if you will, that the Dodgers have. That uh, that everyone's just been like, "Yo, like we need to keep an eye on this guy. We need to keep an eye on this guy." And I mean, he's got he's got great stuff. And where where is he at right now? He was in, if I'm not mistaken, he well actually the level he the levels didn't really count last year because of the pandemic, but uh, he was, I believe him and Jeter downs were, uh, were also a part of that 2018 deal. Let's not forget where they got him from. He's not homegrown, but, right. um, but he was in, I believe in high, high. if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's, that's going to be quite a jump to go from high to the big show, especially with a lot of these minor league guys, they lost a year last year. You know, so it's and I mean, I think that's another reason maybe not uh, to make any trades and really hold on to that depth, because you just don't know without the these guys getting regular, consistent work in the minor league. How are they going to be this year? Well, like so Josiah Gray has has always kind of been looked at as he's going to be for sure like a middle of the rotation guy at, at worst. And that's not a you know that's not a bad thing to say about a guy. Um, his changeup is the pitch that they need to work on. Kind of you know kind of like how Dustin May has the two pitches, right? Uh, Josiah Gray needs to work on a couple of his pitches and make some adjustments to, to to those pitches. But he's coachable, so that's why I don't foresee it being an issue. Because if you can make it to the show and you continue to take that feedback, you know, from the Mark Priors and then other guys in that bullpen or in that starting rotation, it's going to help. And it's going to make it easier, you know, to, to be able to develop your, your, your stuff. So uh, the point is, is um, if there's two guys that are blocked, quote unquote, it'd be those two guys. But at the same time, it's only temporary because David Price is, is only here for another year, technically, right? Or two years. Um, and, and assuming they don't move on from him, which I, I don't think they will. Um, then at that point, it's like, okay, if Kershaw, if, let's say Kershaw retires, let's just say that's, he's like, Hey, I'm done. The back can't take it anymore. I've, I've made my money. I got my ring, got all the things. I'm just going to retire. Cool. So from there, Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin, assuming they don't get traded, assuming that they, you know, are healthy. That's who goes into that rotation. Right. So even in that, all you're doing is you're essentially just removing one piece and adding another stellar piece to it. And then from there, it's like, okay, we have Josiah Gray and we have Dennis Santana down in the minors. Let's bring them to the pen. Let's develop their stuff. I mean, can we, can we just talk about Tony Gonsolin? I hear people 
you know, always talk about Tony Gonsolin, Tony Gonsolin. And, and I get it. He's still a young guy, but you saw what he did in the world series. Now this could be, you know, this might be just a little harsh, but I, what am I missing with Gonsolin? I, I feel like he is deceptive. I don't, it always surprises me when I see how hard he throws. Um, he, to me, I, I don't know. I, I see him and I see Tim Leary. I, I see a guy who had, can pitch a few good games, but then like in the World Series, you know, he can get hit hard. He just, I, I, I don't know. I hear everyone talk a little about Gonsolin, Gonsolin, and I get it. I mean, every time, aside from the World Series, every time they've thrown him in, in a game, he's delivered. I just, I mean, I feel like Dustin May has a higher upside than, than Tony Gonsolin, but uh, sh- tell me, what am I missing about Tony Gonsolin? So I, I heard it best from, from a scout a few years ago. Um, he's, he's got the stuff of a right-handed Clayton Kershaw, but he's just slower to the plate. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with being slower to the plate. Um, you know, it, the, the only issue is that he's considered an older prospect. So mm-hmm. if he were 22, 23 years old, he'd probably, he'd probably be, be, you know, more people wouldn't shit on him, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you know, now at this point, people look at him like, Hey, this dude's supposed to be kind of turning the corner, if you will. And I mean, the thing that I like about Tony from like a, a mechanical standpoint, he uses a super simple delivery. That's super clean, super repeatable. And, and he's also an athletic guy. He's a low key athletic guy, kind of like Kershaw. Um, and, and his arm slots consistent, all that stuff's there. So, I mean, he has all those mechanics, right? It's just a, a part of it is, and we talked about it in those post game shows is, is the psyche because the double-edged sword of, of, uh, of, of him coming up so late, is he doesn't have the the wear and tear and a lot of innings under his belt either. So when you get thrown into those situations, the World Series, the NLCS, you know, you're just like, oh, and, and you're just kind of expected to just, you know, step up for the moment. And granted, the, the Dodgers for the last, you know, in, in this eight-year run, they've had a, a cast of guys that like, you know, Jock Peterson got benched, right? And he's this rookie that got benched. And then steps up and has huge postseason hits. Kike Hernandez was essentially, you know, kind of chopped liver in Houston, shows up here, struggles for a little bit, and then he turns out to be a super sub. And now he's in a, you know, he has the potential to be an, all, an everyday player. So the Dodgers have a knack for finding those guys, right? Gonsolin, I think he has the potential to do that. He, he just has to overcome some of the inconsistent command control issues that we saw that, you know, obviously that we saw when he did those spot starts. Um, but he's done a good job of, of throwing strikes. And that's what you want to see as you transition in the big leagues is you want to continuously throw strikes. So he's there. It, it's just the thing is we've also been privy to an embarrassment of riches of pitchers that they've set the bar so high that it's one of those things that you kind of look past those tangibles, intangibles rather, that, that Tony has. The dude's good. The only issue is he, he's been on a log jam of pitchers. And he's considered an older prospect. And sometimes that's not good, but sometimes that's not bad either. You know, because as we've seen the rich hills of the world, you know, those sorts of guys, they have longevity in the game. Um, What I'm curious to see though, is how, if they, assuming they use him from the bullpen, how he reacts to being used as a bullpen arm. 
Because I feel like, you know, I mean, from the things that I've heard about him from when he came into Pro Bowl um, and stuff like that, he, uh, you know, he, he, he made starts. That's where he was at. He was at starts and he didn't come in in relief really until recently. So I'm kind of curious, but I mean, all along, everyone has kind of said that his role would be like a number three starter, but a lot of people also look at him like an elite level relief pitcher. So th- there's the potential there. And if there's any st- staff that can make that work, I feel like it's the Dodger staff. What do you think, Roger? I found that old t- uh, that old uh, text message where I, I called uh, <laughs> Bauer one one year forty million. So I'll send that out to you guys later. But here's where I'm gonna dock you. <laughs> where I'm gonna dock you is it's not a one year forty million dollar deal. So, well, no, no deal. I, I got the first year. No point. Well, no point. I mean, as I was, I was telling Lonzo earlier. I think I'm kind of curious to see uh, Price in that rotation. You know, however he lines up. You know, number three, number four. Um, you know, so I'd be interested to see that. You see how how he comes back this year. You know, and see what see what they can do. I mean that that rotation right there. I mean, lines up against anybody, and it's probably going to be better than anybody. I mean, you're hearing it now. Watching, you know, MLB Network earlier. Now they kind of switched their tune. Now they're saying, you know, Dodgers are the best rotation in baseball again. You know, they were debating it earlier with you know the Braves and the Padres. Now it's coming back to the Dodgers. So. I'm kind of interesting to see however they line that up. You know, if you got Julio at five, you know, or, or, I mean, you could just mix it up on matchups. You know, it doesn't have to be a traditional one through five, you know, kind of however these, you know, these series are coming up, you know, you could have, you know, Walker at one and Kershaw at four, you know, however you want to do it. You know, I think the Dodgers are in a good spot and, you know, some of the other guys like Gonsolin, I think, yeah, I think Gonsolin's probably going to play that, that Ross Stripling role kind of where they need a spot starter you know, might be him, you know, and then back into the bullpen. So that's probably what we're going to see out of Gonsolin this year. Here's no, that's a really, uh, that's a good comp, uh, the Ross Stripling and, and Gonsolin, because, you know, I, I guess I have just a bad memories from the 2017 World Series with Stripling giving up those, those bombs. But, you know, whenever Stripling was in, in the game, I never was like, oh, well, here we go. It's a shutdown inning. You know, he's an overpowering pitcher. But the majority of the time, Stripling was pretty, you know, successful. And, you know, I, I didn't give that guy the, the credit he deserved. Uh, you know, he went out there and he did the job. And I do feel like Gonsolin, for the majority of the time, is, gets the results. It's just seeing him you know struggle to get through two innings in a world series game and you know hearing people talk about him and i get it the dodgers were were put in a tough situation there because of that pitching rotation situation but now going into the playoffs having this pitching rotation i mean yeah you got to feel real good if you're a dodger fan today well and the crazy thing about the padres just you know just to, to kind of you know for comps their rotation is going to be you, Darvish, Blake Snell, Danielson, Lamette, Joe Musgrove, and Paddock this year because obviously Clev is hurt. That's a pretty good rotation. That, that's a solid rotation, especially those those three. And, and, and I've, I've been the advocate for this. We talked about it in the postgame show. If you're going to win a World Series, if you're going to win a, a playoff series, you have to have three really good starters. And the Padres – X all those all those things because you Darvish has come back into his own now that that the uh, the Astros uh, uh, garbage can gate all that jazz came out so now he's coming back into his own 
Blake Snell is legit. We saw that in the World Series. And thank you, Tampa Bay, for pulling him when you did because shit, because that dude is legit. And then, and Lamette's legit too. And now that dude has, you know, that to bounce off of as well. And then you counter that with the Dodgers where, you know, this can go any which way, but I mean, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Buehler, Trevor Bauer, Julio Diaz, David Price, Dustin May. That's preposterous. And then from there, no one career-wise, you know, at least, you know, we'll say in the last year, has an ERA over four. I mean, if that's what happens, like no one's going to be angry about that, right? And then, I mean, and even like some of the projections that I've seen, you know, they're, they're projecting, you know, Walker with 14 wins, Clayton with 12, Trevor with 13, and the, you know, those other three, ODS, David, and Dustin at nine wins. Like, wh- why? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, wait, 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 wait. And that's for a full 100. Wait, wait. So have they decided, are we playing 154 this year or 162? It's supposed to be 162. Um, I, I feel like the verdict is still out, but that's like on an average of like those guys going 200 innings. Um, so those I, projections are based on a 162 game season. Yeah. That seems really low. And even at that though, you have to remember is that they, the, the starters of, of the Dodgers tend to get pulled a little early, you know, earlier than some, and not that that's a bad thing. You're just trying to save the guy. Right. Because right. the one thing that's going to be interesting to see this year, we they played uh, a 60-game season last year. They're going into 162. Full spring training, just going right into it. There's going to be some guys that I feel like are going to be a little rusty. So that's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't think just, just the Dodgers that people were saying might have a slow start or the Padres or all these other teams. I think everyone's going to have a weird slow start, in part because you're going from 60 to 162. And, and it let's, let's just say, and hopefully I hope it doesn't happen, but let's say there's stuff that happens like last year where like the Cardinals, where they missed what was it, like 12 games or something like that in a row because of a COVID outbreak. Hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's just going to throw a bunch of stuff in the loop too. So, you know, it's things like that where it's going to throw stuff off and it's going to be interesting to see how, how they're able to overcome that. But that's also assuming, you know, Hey, this dude doesn't get hurt. This dude doesn't, you know what I mean? So it's, it's that sort of stuff that, you know, I mean, I'll take it. But for comp sake, the Padres are basically the same. 13 wins for you. Lamette's 13. Blake's 11. Joe Musgrove's 11. So, I mean, it's it, – it, I feel like this year is, is you know, obviously we, we talked about this yesterday. If you're coming in as the champion, you have a giant target on your back. So everyone's already going to make that more difficult, right? But everyone right now is just trying to get better than the Dodgers because, I mean – they literally just went out and threw a Brinks truck at Trevor Bauer and they didn't give a damn. I mean, they're way over the threshold now. And if they sign JT, they're over the threshold even more. So, you know, at this point there, the Dodgers are for sure. And like you were going to try to win this again and we don't care what it's going to cost. And I know ownership has made it clear that they would be willing to go over that threshold for the right guy. At, at this point in this current market, I don't see how Trevor Bauer is not the right guy. You know, who are you going to give that money to, Jacob or Rosie or Trevor Bauer? I'd give it to Trevor Bauer. So, you know, and, and obviously the Dodgers could, I mean, could they have maybe traded for a U Darvish again or a Blake Snell? Maybe. But also, you know, maybe that they wanted to get a little younger and not that Blake Snell's any older anyway. But, I mean, out of the two, I'll take the push and take Trevor Bauer because he's the say young winner. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I want. I mean, you brought him up. I think we should just get into it because all I heard all day today was after the Bowers signing from the Dodgers. Okay, now announce JT. Can we get into this JT situation? Like, what, what, what's, what's happening? Because I'm like Roger now in the sense is what is taking so long. So everything that I've heard is he wants a four-year deal. That's that's been made publicly known. I've heard that he also, uh, the first offer from the Dodgers was two years with a third option. I, I feel like that's a fair offer if that is in fact what happened, um, especially because he's 30, you know, he's 36, you know, and I get that he, he probably wants to retire at 40, can respect that a thousand percent. I, I really can't. But at the same time, you know, the, the thing that's interesting to see is the Dodgers. I mean, at this point, the third baseman that they have is Edwin Rios. Um, if you're going to stick with Taylor at the two bag and, um, and then Muncie at first. So that means, you know, by proxy, you know, Edwin is your third baseman. Not, not a bad option, of course, but he doesn't have the same, you know, intangibles, if you will, as, as Justin Turner. Um, I am surprised that he's not signed with anyone, but that also kind of shows you that maybe he realizes that his market is not going to give him four years. I, I am of the party though, that I, if he hasn't signed by now, I don't think he's going to sign if I'm honest with you um, with the Dodgers at least. And that's unfortunate, you know, because of everything that he means to the Dodgers, that he means to that organization, the clubhouse, the whole bit, but, you know, going four years for a guy like that, where we don't even officially don't know if there's going to be DH in the next year or two, that's a risk. Um, granted, I, we all know that they did it with Chase Sully, but that was for for other reasons. He was meant to be a clubhouse guy, but Justin's going into this expecting to be an everyday player. So, hey, yo. Uh, so Bob just tweeted a little bit off the record. I mean, off the subject here. Bob tweeted since Ozuna signed with the the Braves that there will be a DH, maybe not this year, but next year. So Bob said that it's going to happen, so we could expect it not to happen in you know 2022 then <laughs> i was about to say please tell me you are not referencing bob nightingale because i i, I don't know i you he's employed by us usa today is that ML, right mlb network he's okay he's employed by mlb network okay now mind you not avoiding let's just completely forget the fiasco that was yesterday when he tweeted that uh, you know bauer to the mets i still go back to the guy voted for latroy hawkins for the hall of fame and he works for the mlb network i digress let's go back to more important conversation justin turner well and i will say i do think that there will be a dh in the nl i just don't think it'll be this year um just because of uh, of of how, how everything went down last year with, with between the players and the union, and uh, one one thing I want to clarify real quick so I don't get murdered, uh, Blake Snell is a, Bla- a Cy Young winner. What I meant by uh, Trevor Bauer is the Cy Young winner. He's the, of the most recent. Uh, Blake won it in twenty eighteen. So no disrespect to you, Blake, by any stretch, uh, but that's just to clarify that. But I, I think JT. The thing that I find interesting about JT's market too. It's like the Blue Jays have, have, have kicked the tires on him. Um, the uh, the Twins have kicked the tires on him. I think that ship is now sailed with them acquiring Nelly um, and the Dodgers. And there's been this this rumor of this other team out there. Um, I I truthfully with with you know working the phone or whatever I haven't really heard anyone else aside from those teams. So I don't know. And it might have even been Bob Nightingale that said that shit too. But um. But I, I ultimately, I mean, the only move that makes sense for me for the, for him 
is to stay a Dodger at this point because I, I don't I mean if he wants to win again, which it's that's what it sounds like, I don't know why you would go anywhere else at this point unless it is just to try to make the bag. And if that's the, that's the case, I'm not going to be mad about that. You know, hey, you gotta you gotta take care of yourself, you gotta take care of your family. No one's gonna be pissed. But uh, what, what I'm what I do think the Dodgers should do if they don't sign JT, and we've talked about this, go acquire Chris Bryant. Like, make that deal work. They're shedding salary. I mean, they're just giving people away. I mean, they basically gave you Darvish away. So why not go and try to get Chris Bryant to fill that hole? Because Edwin Rios is a nice player. He's a great bench player. Has all, you know, the, the, you know, the, the fittings of like the Kikes and the jocks of the world. But you're, what are you going to do after this year? <laughs> like, you, you're going to have to make a move there regardless, right? So I, I'm annoyed by it, but at the same time, the thing that I'm most surprised by is that he expects a four-year market. And I, I don't, I don't see, I just don't see it. Well, you know, everybody I talk to says the exact same thing that you just said, two years with a third year option. Okay. So if everyone quickly goes to that for Justin Turner, I want to know what is Justin Turner's agent telling him? What are they telling him? You can get these four years somewhere. I mean, do you want to go ahead and leave? I mean, I go back to the story that AJ Pollock's wife told him before the start of next year. I mean, of last year in terms of, you know, he had had his, his child was premature and he was contemplating opting out of the season because of COVID. Right. And then his wife told him is like, but if you opt out and they end up winning the world series, you're going to hate yourself. You're going to be, you know, you're, that you missed out on that. So you mean to tell me if you're Justin Turner and I get it, you want, you have other things you have planned. You have to plan your future. He has his foundation. He's very involved in the community. I get that. Do you, I mean, you're still going to make money here. You know, do, would you rather go chase that bag? And like you said already, Alonzo, he's gotten to the 10 year mark. He's going to get his, um, uh, what's it called? He's going to get his pension, you know, in the end, how much money do you really need? I, I get it. Look, I don't blame him for chasing the bag, but later on, are you going to regret it? If the Dodgers end up winning the world series this year and being like, I could have had another ring, but I went ahead. And especially when you get older, you start viewing it. You look at money differently. I I'm just, I'm really curious to see, to hear what his agents are telling him and then what the Dodgers front office is doing. The Dodgers front office is, do they have even more leverage now that they have Bauer and saying, look, this is where we're going. You're either with us or we're moving on. And the Chris Bryant thing, I think Chris Bryant is, is a, is a good risk versus reward, uh, you know, ratio there, because if the guy, it, it is going to be only a one-year deal with Bryant if you trade for him. Right. And if the guy balls out, I don't see the Dodgers sign, re-signing him. That's fine. But if Chris Bryant will help you win a World Series, I'll take that. Well, and even in that, it's like you want to talk about a super team. Why not have an MVP winner, uh, you know, added on to the, to the infield that's already stacked, right? Well, and- right. Didn't they say that there's no team going into this season that's going to be able to field three former MVPs and three former Cy Young winners, and you're going to add Chris Bryant to that? Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing about Bryant. He had an off year. I think, I think last year was just one of those off years just because everyone was just thrown for a loop and you, you can't fault a lot of guys shit happens. Right. But I, I also think a lot of those guys need a change of scenery, you know, kind of like how we saw with Jock. Jock knew 
that he needed to change if he wanted to be an everyday guy. Kike needed to change if he wanted to be an everyday guy. Obviously, Chris is already an everyday guy, but I think he just needs that change of scenery, you know, going from Chicago there because they're obviously in a little bit of a rebuild, if you will, because they're just shedding salary. So uh, the reason I feel like it's a good move there is it's, it's a, like you said, low risk, high reward as far as it goes, and you fill a hole. You plug a hole, especially if you don't bring JT back. The other caveat, though, is let's say, let's say they bring JT back, and he's been a little injury prone in the last few years, right? The hamstring, you know, the wrist. Um, and, and the wrist isn't his fault. He got hit by a ball. It happens. But let's say that continues to linger, and you give that dude a four-year deal. Four years, we'll say $15 million. Edwin Rios is really your only other option there. What do you do? So it kind of cripples you, right? So that's why I feel like, I, I don't know what his agents are telling him. You know, his, his, his agency for the most part is, is pretty, pretty reputable and all that jazz as far as like being realistic with their clients, right? This, in this instance, I, I don't get what they're saying. I don't know if it's a, if it's a like, Hey, what if, you know, look what I've done for you kind of deal um, in his mind, I, I don't know. And that's not even to shit on Justin because he's a great human. He's a great ball player. And, and everyone and anyone knows that he's a solid person. So I don't even think that it's necessarily that. I just think it, it, it could just be one of those like, hey, this is what I want. If I'm not going to get it, then cool. That's it. So, and, and you know, who knows? I, I honestly don't know how this plays out, but I know the person that's going to be the hurt most by it is is Roger. So, Roger, what do you think happens? I mean, up to yesterday, I was I'm pretty certain they bring him back. You know, today's signing kind of, I mean, I don't know if it throws a wrench into those plans. I mean, money-wise, I mean, you know, they've reached that threshold. Obviously, if they don't make any moves, they're going to continue to go over. You know, they're going to put another 10, 15 million on top of that for JT. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I want him to come back. You know, we discussed this before. He's, to me, he's more of, he's just not another player. You know, he's a, he's a fabric of this team. He's a, he's a leader. He's, you know, I've seen how this team plays differently um when he's gone on the dl and then when he's come back you know a couple of years ago they you know they they with the 2018 that slow start they had when he was on the dl then he came back and then they took off so you know he's more than just you know their third baseman and he's basically their captain you know and, and he's been their captain for the last couple of years and you know to see it to see them without jt you know opening day getting the rings without him you know that'd be a kind of a tough pill to swallow but you know, now it's, you know, like you said, you know, it's like, where are they at? You know, is it, is he so, you know, set on getting four years or is it a money issue? You know, so there's, there's something there that obviously we don't know what's going on, but it's like, I mean, I think it's going to get to that point where Dodgers going to say, Hey, this is what we've done. This is what we plan to do. You know, you're either going to, you're going to go with us or, you know, we're going to have to move on. I, I, I just find it interesting that it's dragged out this long. I I actually thought uh, all along, regardless of the moves that the Dodgers were going to do, even if they signed a Trevor Bauer or if they went after a, a DJ LeMahieu or anyone like that, that this would have been wrapped up right after the season was over. Yeah, I, uh, I thought I thought it would have been the first move. I thought season over, week or two, maybe three weeks tops, he's back. You know, I, that's how certain I had it that he'd he'd be back, but. It's just it's just dragged on, and I think that's what's making people nervous. It's like, why is this taking so long? It's like every day, why is this taking so long? He should have been 
back in the fold in November, you know? Well, and the other thing that's interesting is all the third basemen, you know, that were, that were out there as free agents, if you will, uh, you know, the marquee one was George Springer signs that six year deal uh, with Toronto. They're all gone. You know, there's no, uh, or I'm sorry, he's a center fielder. I apologize. Position players is what I meant. Jesus. Um, but, you know, what about all... Jackie Bradley Jr.? Well, so, and I was going to bring him up a minute in a minute because the, the Dodgers at some point are going to need some depth in the outfield because AJ Pollock's, you know, my man's, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. Uh, I was kind of curious to hear your guys' take on who, you know, a hot take, if you will, of these free agents. But one thing real quick with, uh, with JT, the, the other thing that doesn't make sense with JT is how quiet he's been as far as that end of it goes. Like, you know, aside from, you know, the story that leaked out through the times about the four years, you haven't, everything that I've heard has come from other agents. I've not heard anything and, and, and a couple other front office sources. I have not heard anything from JT's camp. And I'm actually surprised by that because you would think if he's trying to get something moving that, you know, they would, Hey, you know, th- this is this kind of like the Trevor Bauer thing. Let's either debunk this or not debunk this. And, I, and I'm kind of surprised by that just because of how long this has taken, because we're two weeks away from when pitchers and catchers report. So it's going to be interesting. I personally still don't think he's going to resign at this point. If it's taken this long, I don't think he resigns with the Dodgers. What do you think, Juan? Um, I I think he resigns. Uh, I, I think I think he resigns, but he's not going to get what he what he wants. Um, I just I think in the end, seeing that they went in uh, and they signed Trevor Bauer and they're poised to go to the World Series again. I just don't think you can pass that up. I mean, you, I mean, so many major leaguers, great major leaguers, never even made it to the World Series. So to pass up an opportunity to not only win one, but win two, I, I just, I get it. You know, money, you need it. And it's easy for me to say how much money he needs, not knowing his situation. I mean, the guy does do a lot for the community. I know he probably spends a lot of his own money doing that kind of stuff. You know, I can't fault him if he does leave for, and someone does give him a bigger, a better deal. But if he leaves to another team and it's the same amount of money or it's the same amount of years that the Dodger, then that's going to just be a real head scratcher. That's just going to be, I think something, maybe Roger was right. Maybe something did happen between them. And that we won't know, but I, I, I do think he's just eventually, I think he's drawn this out as long as he can. It's the inevitable. They're perfect for each other. Just, just go ahead and do it. I just, Hey, look, he tried, he tried to get him to, to give them more money and it just, it didn't happen for him. So now just take what they're giving him and go get that ring. One and and one uh, just a, a random parody example to show you as far as even a, a perfect fit. Brett Gardner is not signed with the Yankees. I'm going to be honest. Brett Gardner is one of those similar to JT that it would be weird to see him in a different uniform. Um, and apparently they had made you know certain concessions to try to make that deal happen. Hasn't happened. Yadier Molina with the Cardinals. Granted, apparently that's supposed to happen now that he's coming back from the Caribbean series. But still, as of now, hasn't penned a deal with the uh, with the Cardinals. So I mean, it's one of those things where, in some instances, it's like a, you know, hey, no, no, no hard feelings. It's business, and that that's just kind of where we're at. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that pans out in the next little bit. 
interestingly enough, though, there is the Jackie Bradleys of the world. Uh, D. Gordon is a free agent. Uh, Jason Kipnis is a free agent. Nick Markakis is a free agent. Ryan Braun is a free agent. Uh, and those guys also haven't signed with anyone. Addison Russell, I'm not expecting him to sign with anyone after what had happened, but he's a free agent. Uh, Eric Sogard, free agent. So, I mean, there's still a, a quite a bit of, uh, you know, names out there. Granted, some of those are a little older, but, uh, but you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still a legit center fielder. You know, I, I don't know what sort of money he's commanding, but, uh, but this offseason in general has just been weird because Trevor Bauer just signed today. We're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So, I mean, it, it's been a super weird just kind of overall, uh, you know, overall thing. But as we wrap this up, I wanted to, uh, from, from all three of us, I'll, I'll start with you, Juan. I want to hear a, a hot take for you from for this Dodgers team going into camp as far as like what you think is just something that's going to be out of the blue that kind of comes out of nowhere potentially or something that's just right under our noses that we should expect as far as this team goes. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, I think you're going to see – I think you're going to see the offense struggle at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think the pitching is going to carry them. And uh, I, I think you're going to see a lot of people freak out in the beginning um, just because it just, I'm, I'm worried about Cody's shoulder. Uh, I'm worried about can Corey Seager stay healthy for a full season? Um, the, the one person I'm not worried about is Mookie Betts. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm concerned about, you know, which AJ Pollock we're going to see, uh, how are we going to replace, you know, what, what are we going to do with second base? You know, is it going to be Gavin Lux's job to, to win or lose? Is Chris Taylor going to take it over? And then what, what version of Chris Taylor are we going to get? You know, I mean, he had a nice little bounce back season last year, but I, I am concerned more um, I, the pitching. I'm not worried about. I'm just more concerned about the the everyday players. What about you, uh, Roger? I think um, we're going to see some of these guys on the bench step up this year and step up pretty big. I think we're going to have you're going to see Zach McKinstry have a pretty big big role on this team. He's going to step up and fill some of the void, you know, for. <clears throat> you know, maybe Kike and, and Jock. And I think uh, Rios is going to have another big year too. I mean, we saw what he can do, you know. I mean, pretty much every at-bat was a home run. <laughs> you know, give him some more playing time and let's see. You know, he might he might have 30 home runs at the end of the year. So I think those two guys are going to make an impact this year, a uh, pretty big impact. Uh, I think uh, Cody Bellinger is going to struggle. Um, and that's just because, you know, anything shoulder-related is is legit. Like it's hard to come back from that. Um, and to be honest, I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I just think it'll give him time to just heal, right? Um, the other thing that uh, I think we're going to have uh, the best bullpen in baseball, straight up, um, this bullpen is no joke. And if you add the likes of a Tony Gonsolin that's working on stuff, Dustin May in there, that that's a dirty bullpen. And then you have Corey Knable already in there. You know, the, the existing bullpen already was good, right? And you obviously you have your subtractions. Excuse me. You have your subtractions of Petey Bob, you know, Petey Pablo, as, as everyone called him. And uh, and I and I think as a part of that hot take, um, 
I think that the Dodgers get crazy and they acquire Josh Hader, whether it's now, whether it's at the trade deadline. Uh, you know, everyone knows that that's the guy. And if there's a team that can make that deal happen, it's the Dodgers. Uh, All right. I want to, I want to change my hot take. My hot take is going to be Kenley Jansen will not be the Dodgers closer by the middle of next season. Well, and that was, I was, I was going to add that to the take. I think Kenley gets traded. Um, I think they're going to move on from him just because of the deal. Not a hard feelings thing. It's just, it's a money thing. And uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money for, for a dude that probably is not going to be the closer. And I agree with you. I don't think he'll be the closer. I think if there's any time to, to kind of groom Bruce Stark Gratterall to be the closer, it'd be now, you know, to, to kind of get him going. But, you know, we've seen crazier things. I mean, we, we just, I mean, look what happened last year with all the spot starts that they had to make. And, and, you know, I think the dude that's going to just stand up, uh, excuse me, that's just going to have just a preposterous, preposterous year uh, going into everything as far as the bullpen goes is Victor Gonzalez. Victor Gonzalez showed that he's legit. He showed that he's the truth. And I think that's the guy that that it might potentially take that, you know, Kenley role, if you will. Uh, but he also could be a setup guy. He can be a lot of that. But it's it's going to be, it's going to be regardless with all that, that bullpen's going to be lights out. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, their whip is already insane, you know, you know, before this year. Now you add the Corey Knables of the world. Like Trinan obviously was lights out. It, it, that bullpen's just going to be legit. Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting season because now uh, the storyline going into everything, you know, before today was, you know, how are the Dodgers going to counter the Padres? And the Padres got bodied today. And so, <laughs> and so did the rest of baseball for the most part because of all the, you know, I, and I do think that, I mean, I'm one of them. I didn't think the Dodgers were going to make that move today. I'm I'm surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised uh, because you know he he may not be a Garrett Cole, you know, but but he's 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 good. He's consistent. And why wouldn't you want that in your rotation? I mean, why you know why not? If you can afford it, why not? Um, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season. And and I'm uh, I'm stoked to do this podcast with you guys every week. And uh, and we have some fun stuff coming up. And uh, the content's gonna be cool. Roger's going to be super sad when he can't go to a game in person in Arizona, but that's fine. Um, you know, but I mean, we're just going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to weather the storm together in another, in another odd pandemic year. But on that note, we're going to end this from your boys, Alonso Juan and the voice in the sky, Roger. Thank you for joining us on uh, the inaugural bleed Los podcast. We'll be doing these every week uh, and it'll probably sound better moving forward because this is not going to be an emergency podcast every week. And so it'll be tight, but in the interim, please give myself a follow at the BNA one eight, uh, give Juan a follow. I, I apologize. Juan, I always forget your handle. What's your handle? Uh, blue revolt film. And then, uh, at Dodgers beat is our, is our main handle, uh, over under how many podcasts do you think until I actually remember your Twitter handle? I'm going to go with, uh, 162. That you're probably right. I think we're going to go the whole season uh, with you not. <laughs> It'll be like the Jimmy Kimmel thing where it's like, and I'm sorry we ran out of time at Damon. Exactly. It'll just be that bit all the time. But exactly. thank you guys for joining us until next week. Uh, have, a, have a safe and uh, stay healthy time. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.